DJ and PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The countdown is on December 29th. 2020 is almost over. What is the best play of 2020 in the state of Utah? Got a lot of people with a lot of uh, different angles on this. Tony stretching the rules of this contest. Jazz getting favors back. Not necessarily a play, but a great decision. A play by management. A play by favors. Yeah. Uh, Wilson to Katoa versus UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. Scott says that catch, the full extension. That was a great play, sure. Yeah, I love that play. That was an exciting play. Uh, it was a sit-on-the-couch moment and go, wow, that was spectacular. Low, 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 Peeny. Stretch it out. Maximum. I mean, literally could not have stretched anymore. Dave says it's TJ Haw's game winner against St. Mary's. Big shot. I don't even remember that. I didn't at first, but when I thought about it, I, it came back to me. It's out there. You can uh, top of the key three that yeah. he nails. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Alex Smith playing for the Washington football team. The that's, pigskins. That's what Perry likes. Speak it into existence, PK. Make it happen. <laughs> the skins. Uh, wow, the story. And it was interesting to talk uh, to Lincoln Kennedy, and he, he's saying, let's face it, uh, you know, young black quarterbacks have this issue. Now, he can get away with saying that, and Booger McFarland can say what he said. I mean, that's just the reality of it. A Caucasian can't say it, or they would just be lambasted and be racist, and, and the, the folks who do that for a living would go to town and make some more money off of that. Uh, and McFarland with some strong comments that these young guys – are more interested in their brand, basically, in a nutshell, than uh, looking at what they can do to help their team. Now, you know, I don't know about the race issue on that. Obviously, I'm Caucasian myself. Uh, to me, you know, you can, and he did compare an Alex Smith. Well, Alex Smith going through what he went through was in his 30s, and these young guys coming in, that's exactly what they are. They're 21, 22 years old. And, you know, all of a sudden you get all this freedom and this money and everything. And that's what I'm saying about giving money to college players. It sounds good. It sounds great. But you're also going to have some other stuff that are other issues that are going to be there that I I need that the colleges need to make sure they're addressing because not everybody has the same level of maturity. And obviously a 35 year old on paper anyway should have far more maturity than a 21 year old just based on life experience. And so Alex Smith can have that and uh, deal with all that stuff and make this incredible comeback to where obviously he's the comeback player of the year, just the fact that he put on a uniform, let alone got out on the field. And it's certainly not all young players because uh, Lamar Jackson has been fine, Deshaun Watson has been fine, uh, Dak Prescott has been fine. I mean, you can go on and on. Sure. Uh, And I don't know that it's not not purely racial either. Johnny Manziel was not. I mean – he was talented. Right, I but think I the think... other thing you got to do in here is like the, the guys who win in college, you got to look and see if they're at a college program that's got all the talent and all the advantages. 
you know, you got 21 guys dominating their matchups too, making you look good. Um, you know, the I mean, the backstory in Washington is the owner overruled the football people. The football people had done their homework. It's not just arm strength and how much did you win and how good did you look on this highlight film, you know? And you got to talk to the people around them and are they ready for all this list of things you're talking about? The fame and the fortune. I mean, you can go back across decades and multiple sports and it'll wreck some people and other people handle it. And, you know, some people could handle it. They just can't handle it right now. You know, they'll be able to handle a little bit down the line. And, you know, if the owner overrules the football people and makes a draft pick, well, you end up with what you ended up in Washington. You hired all those football people to go do that kind of homework. And then when they tell you no, or at least no, not yet, or maybe just flat out no, whatever it was, and then you overrule them, well, you end up with the mess you got. Yeah, we only hear that, though, when it turns out bad. How come we never hear the owner overruled them and it was a good one? Does that never happen? We only Uh, hear it when it's bad. We never hear it when it's good. You ever notice that? Do you? Uh, how often does it happen? I guess it's got to have happened at least once. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> once somewhere. Out but there. you never hear it. You've <laughs> never heard the owner overruled it, and it was yeah. the right decision. You only hear it when it's bad, and that he, usually it's a he. Sometimes maybe it's she, but more often than not, it's a he. He gets hammered for mm-hmm. it. It's got to be one time that some owner out there made one good decision. Uh, maybe. Even if it's just dumb luck. <laughs> and maybe it was dumb luck. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't this time, I know that. Well, that's, I find this deal, this Zach Wilson deal, just to be preposterous. I don't know why all these What's people are coming to his defense. That it's a bad story. Oh, I agree. No, actually, it's a great story. It, I don't even know that it's a real story. It doesn't matter whether it's a real story. The perception is that it is, so yeah. it is. That that part is true. The perception right. is that. I mean, I but, agree with you. But I when I read it, when I read it, it read not like it came from a real scout. It read like someone who was trying to troll a fan base. Well, it is the, what makes news. Uh, sources said, I am so glad I'm not 25 breaking into this business. Sources said, the, the state of journalism, where I go on Twitter, everything is sources said, and then you've got, I was brought up in this business, you were supposed to be politically neutral, and yet I see these people I look on their Twitter, and most of them are liberal, and so they're slamming this president. And But you would never have done that in my day. You're not supposed to have political, you're supposed to be in the middle on this the state of journalism to me is just it it is just radically different than than it was when i was coming in the business and i know it sounds like an old fuddy-duddy yeah but it's no different than what you it's no different than what you were just saying about uh quarterbacks and what booger mcfarland was saying about build your brand you know being controversial and picking a side and being outrageous Builds a brand. Yeah, but you don't even have to be uh, a, 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 to build a brand. The, these young analytical dudes, they're offering opinions. Their day is ruined. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I would have never. Now, it wouldn't have been a platform for me to do that back then that there is now. So I understand that. But as far as Wilson goes, I think this is great news for him because then he can address it head on. Somebody, whomever it is, puts it out there, and now he knows. And so everybody knows. So he can attack the issue. I don't know that there was an issue in the first place. No, I've been told since he was in high school that he was cocky, which I don't think is a bad thing. If Cocky equals confidence. So fine. 
and that's great. Have it and believe in yourself. Believe you. You believe you're a winner and do everything possible. And he certainly has proven to that his with his work ethic and all. But now we've got this media defending him against these baseless charges. We really should be ignoring these baseless charges, not defending them. Because once we defend them, we give legitimacy to the cause in the first place rather than just ignoring it and then it goes away and nobody discusses it. But once media decides to defend it, it gives the story far more legs than it ever deserved in the first place. And for Wilson now, all he's got to do, he's going to have thousands of interviews because some team is going to draft him extremely high. So they're going to research uh, you know, his fourth grade teacher, whoever they can get in touch with. And so he can answer all these questions like that over time. And it, when come times for drafting, and was it at the end of April, beginning of May, whenever it is, they're going to be solved a thousand times over. Plus, in the NFL, whatever accusations were leveled against him, players with far more much more serious issues have been drafted. Who's the guy from uh, Oklahoma who punched the gal right on the tape? And he's a running back, right? Uh, what's Mixon. his name, Mixon? The Joe Mixon. Yeah. yeah, and he's in the NFL. He's literally on tape punching a female. With the Cincinnati Bengals right now. <laughs> we could go through a whole list of people who have a whole series of lists of problems who have been drafted in the NFL. Yes. Now this, this punch was this punch was somebody. on the field, but how long is Legarrette Blunt in the NFL? A decade, and he famously punched someone in the post game hugging handshake. Byron has, and instead he's throwing a punch. Yep. Yeah, live well, on TV. No problem. We view that as some. I don't know how I know. we view it. I guess yeah. everybody views it differently. But he's not punching a woman. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But there's a whole list of people with a whole list of what would be considered problems. But if you can play. And Zach Wilson can play. I have been a huge fan of his since he was a sophomore in high school. And, and, and quarterbacks people are, told me. Quarterbacks are cocky. That, that's like redundant. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's redundant. What good quarterback isn't, isn't there there's some level of cocky? I mean, that, of course. How do you succeed at that level? You're like, this 32 starting quarterbacks in the country. You're one of the best 32 people in the country at your job, and you don't have some level of cockiness? That doesn't even in make sense. In the world, Dave. In the st- world. Well, I mean, the whole world doesn't play, but yeah, but okay. And they should, because if they knew about it, they would get off that other dumb sport that they play <laughs> in the world and be playing this sport, but they can't. That's why they don't do it, because it's too tough. You shouldn't Let's t- call- Can we have a truthful day once on the radio? You shouldn't talk about basketball like that i love me some basketball what are you talking about oh i see what you're doing yeah, you're see? trying to be funny wow you got one past him well done no he didn't i, I did actually he was talking about he did not <laughs> i knew he was just going there and i let him go there i th- that's the thing is that i come in i came into sports radio thinking how can i make dj better how can i make <laughs> the company better <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that's the way I, I said to myself, self, <laughs> how am I going to make DJ better today? Boy, Alan just expanded. I said, what quarterback isn't cocky? And Alan just tweeted at us, well, what high school athlete isn't cocky? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think I that's mean, a stretch. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But what great player isn't? Uh, 
You know, so this is I think this is great news for Zach because now he can address these issues head on. And if they're not have any shred of truth, hey, it's he can put it to bed instantly, solve all the stuff because people are going to see that. So it actually is something that can he can use as a positive. And I have no doubt that he will. And he, and the reality is none of these issues that he has, oh, he comes from privilege. Uh, good for him. I wish I had come from economic privilege. I didn't. Uh, and But that doesn't mean you're, you're not a hard worker by any stretch. I wouldn't know because I didn't come from privilege, but I see other folks who have. And this kid, is he's going to rise or fall on his talent because these other issues aren't issues at all. That enough to where, oh, no, I'm not going to take him. His uncle owns JetBlue. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the whole analysis that, you know, he's, he's spoiled and he rubs guys the wrong way and he's not a leader. And then in the next paragraph, guys will play for him. I'm like, who wrote that? That doesn't even make sense. I wasted my time reading these two paragraphs. You did? You're not a leader, but guys will play for you. Hey, whoever wrote that, big ol' F, do a rewrite and get back to me. That, that doesn't even make sense. It's just stupid. It's, I'm more upset about the media giving it uh, credibility. Yeah, I agree. It's, a, it's ridiculous. It doesn't deserve it. it. It's so nonsensical. It's so stupid. It's so, here it is, PK, illogical. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Get this out of here. Yeah, but now he'll have an opportunity to prove folks wrong. And this man, this Jay Drew tweeting this stuff, the legend of the John Beck thing is just growing. He showed up with Top Ramen and peanut butter and crackers. Ah, Uh, I eat peanut butter. You're a man of the people. (laughs) At at the gas station food as well, yes. I mean, this is is even a bigger, better story. I mean, right now, the Andre Wares and Gilmores of the world, they're furious. Wait a second. Why didn't you tell me he showed up with Top Ramen (laughs) and peanut butter and crackers? That just adds a whole other level to the story. I had to call six BYU games (laughs) out of a bedroom or a studio halfway across the country. I could have used this nugget. I had I mean, to go by the, three hours, and that game was out of hand after three right, minutes. Right, because they, they were kicking the crap out of everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, by the second quarter of the Navy game, the John Beck story was redundant. Oh. Uh, but now you throw in Top Ramen and crackers and peanut butter. Well, that changes and, everything. And, uh, well, it was in San Clemente, so uh, that's an affluent community. I'm not sure if he gave a quarter to the guy at the stop sign who said uh, anything helps. Uh, I don't know if they have them in San Clemente, but if he did, this is this is even better than for, forget football. I want Zach Wilson as some sort of politician. There's far bigger things than he can be doing than playing football. This kid, he's a humanitarian, Dave. I don't know if you knew that. Well, I don't know if you're a political science major, but you got to be 25 to run for Congress. So Congress, yeah, it can't be in the house till you're 25. President, you got to be 35. You got to stay outside till you're 25. You can't be in the house of representatives. Walter Cronkite is spinning his grave. I studied journalism, not politics. That's why I'm so down on politics, because I was studying journalism. 
And that's why when I entered the journalism field in sports radio, my first thought was, how can I make David James Sniggledorf better at his job? Man, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> All right, we got more nominees rolling in. The play of the year in the state of Utah. Saying goodbye to 2020 with one last look over our shoulder at the best of the best. Uh, we got some more of your nominees coming up, and Andy Bailey's here to talk about the Jazz and the NBA and the win in Oklahoma City, and we will do that at 9 o'clock with him. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Just a heartbreaking story over the weekend. Ty Jordan passing away. This kid loved family, but loved his teammates and his coaches and loved the game and played with a smile and was just awesome. Ty Jordan was electric, spectacular. His third game, I put out that tweet and I said, oh, this isn't even close. This is Ty Jordan. He's newcomer of the year. Yeah, sure, Zach Wilson. Absolutely. Player of the year. But newcomer of the year, exploding onto the scene, it was Ty Jordan. I'm not just saying this because a man has passed away. I'm saying this because I think back on the games and the emotions that I felt when I was watching him. And I know what this kid had in front of him. And that's what makes this so much more difficult for me to stomach. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tweet at us right now. Hit us up on Facebook. The play of the year. The sports play of the year in Utah. Some people have been stretching the definition. A lot of people are sticking with Sam Merrill's shot. Brian Woolston just tweeted a uh, photo of the release. It's just over to the defender's hand, on its way. It's weird, PK. The stands are full of people, and none of them are wearing masks. <laughs> and it was only March. How everything has changed. Shot of the year, I, I, I think that's got to be my choice. Sam Merrill, drama, pressure. Uh, not that much pressure on San Diego State, as you point out. The question for them is whether they were going to be a one or a two seed. Uh, they were going to be in the tournament. Uh, and I think Utah State would have been in. Of course, they never put a tournament field out, so it's hard to look back and say they where they would have been seated and how close they cut it. But I thought they were comfortably in as well. But still, for the tournament championship, that was a big shot. It was? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Saturday afternoon, if I recall, uh, watching that game. Getting ready to uh, go down south to cover the uh, Mount or West Coast and Pac-12 because the Mountain West had to move it up. I think they had some type of uh, other event at the Thomas and Mac. Mm-hmm. I think if that was the case, so they moved it up earlier a week or so. And so, yeah, I remember it specifically. And uh, the Aztecs were they undefeated at the time? Uh, I think they had one loss. I think that was their yeah. second. But I have to go back and okay. look. They're a really good uh, basketball team. They still are this year too, and that was that was phenomenal. I've got no problem with that uh, because it was an incredible play, and there's not a whole lot of other stuff that jump out at you. BYU football didn't really have any big dramatic wins, and then Utah didn't play enough games to have any dramatic wins. I mean, maybe. It, you know, one of these uh, in in memorandum, which is just gross to have to say for Ty Jordan, one of his incredible runs that he had. We've gotten two uh, people have sent in the fourth and one run uh, when he goes all the way to the sideline and then just turns the corner and just flies down the sideline into the end zone. And then the the shorter seven or eight yard touchdown run where he starts right 
and a great cut back to the left, and then he bounces to the left a second time, and somebody hits him, and he just kind of spins around and maintains his balance and reaches the ball into the end zone. That was a uh, usually the longer touchdown runs are more dramatic, but that was for a short touchdown run. That was awfully good. Uh, so those two have been yeah, uh, have absolutely, been and, that's, and we saw it. It's not like we're praising him in uh, you know in his passing beyond what his ability was. No, his no. We came in and we're talking about those plays awesome. on on a Monday after the game. Oh, I mean, they yeah. were just. They were sensational. They're both, you know, bring you out of your chair off the couch moments. And uh, got a few carries against SC enough to show us something. Yeah. And then by the second game, the position was his yep. to the point where his two backups Transfer. put their names in the transfer <laughs> portal. I, I mean, that's just amazing. That just speaks to his his talent. Which you know, if he would have been the fourth team player on the team that the death would be just as tragic but the potential that he displayed as a football player makes it somewhat more dramatic uh from that perspective from the football perspective which you know right now doesn't matter as much obviously uh but uh, to see that and to have that just vanish like it did it's just incredibly sad yep uh we're getting uh, more nominees the play of the year 2020, Josh Newman, add Joshua Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. We've had him on the show. He covers the Utes. He tweets at us, Gobert touching everyone's phone slash voice recorder before running out of the room. Not a traditional play, but certainly a moment when you bring it up, uh, everyone can visualize. And that seemed to be quite the topic as they played in Oklahoma City. The the pregame to uh, with uh, Quinn Snyder, uh, they didn't have a shoot-around, so there wasn't immediate availability with the players. But the pregame with Quinn, he fielded uh, multiple questions on the return to Oklahoma City one way or another. And, and he made a point of saying, well, yeah, it seemed like a big deal at the time, but everything that's come after that doesn't seem like that big a deal. I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that 100%. That was just the, the catalyst, I guess. Yeah, the, the uh, first that, of many. That, yeah, yeah, and there's been far more dramatic things that have happened. Uh, and nobody involved in that situation lost life that I'm aware of. Uh, so uh, that, that that's obviously a positive. And Gobert made a mistake on touching those microphones. He acknowledges it. and yeah. We didn't understand. The knowledge wasn't there. His knowledge wasn't there. And obviously, if he had to do it over again, he wouldn't do it. But it's not like it, it, that particular thing caused any dramatic I maybe it did maybe I'm unaware of something that well I was one of I was one of the people in the room and I'm not aware of it I'm looking at the video now I see two of the other people in the room and they're doing fine right now it's uh the the funny thing is that I wasn't allowed because I was in the room I wasn't allowed back to channel two right away and they made me call a doctor and and the doctor wasn't interested in the touching of the microphones really at all he was very interested in how close I was sitting to Gobert because in that, you know, at that point, everybody's unmasked and we're indoors and all the stuff that we've heard so much about now. But at that point, uh, really wasn't on anybody's radar. And it happened that I was, you know, two tables back in the second row. But he had he had way more questions about that than whether I handled the microphone afterwards or not. Didn't seem that concerned with that. And the, but the touching the mic is visual, so it sticks in people's mind. But, you know, the factor in the same room unmasked, that was that was what had his attention. Yeah, it was it was careless, but I think it was more born out of ignorance rather than malice. Yeah. In 
and and now we know not to do that. No one's ever going to do that and all. And well, certainly we've got on. Yeah, I was surprised that that it was that big of a story yeah. returning there because it could have been anywhere. It just so happened that it was Oklahoma City and. Yeah, but I think, you know I, when you're when you're writing and you got to have a different angle every I, I night. That's an it. angle to have it. that night. I got it. Which is why people in the media have stuck up for Zach Wilson because it gives them something to write and to talk about. I understand all that. Yeah. So and I and if I were in their shoes, I would do the exact same thing. There's no question. Which I'm sort of doing it right now because I'm talking about. <laughs> I it. know, right? And so <laughs> I'm not even taking my own advice of completely ignoring it, and the story goes away. So I get but, it. So I'm not really criticizing them. I'm criticizing the whole concept of that somebody comes out with an anonymous thing and then people latch onto it and it becomes a story when it should have never have been in the first place. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I understand that. That's, just, that's the state of the media in what we have today is, uh, and, I've, and I've spoken to Jay Drew about this myself is that you find yourself so much of the time chasing down uh, unsubstantiated rumors. Yeah. Because somebody puts something out there in some form or fashion. This is what everyone is talking about, so I have to chase it down. How it got to the point that everyone's talking about it doesn't seem to matter. And I think when you go to the play of the year, what it comes down to is, can you close your eyes and see that moment? And I think that's probably, uh, you know, Josh, you have to speak for himself, but I think that's probably what he's going at with nominating Gobert, because even though it's not a play in the traditional sense that we do the play of the year, if you close your eyes and think of a moment, it's hard. Everybody doesn't think of the same moment in the BYU football season because they ran so many teams off the field. You know, somebody's going to think of Algiers' touchdown run in Boise State. Uh, somebody else is going to think about a big play in the Navy game. Someone else is going to think about uh, uh, probably, well, I don't know, one of several random touchdowns, maybe one against Houston or one against San Diego State because those games were, you know, relatively close for a while. Um, but here's one that nobody else has mentioned that just went up there, and I know when I say it, it passes the Sam Merrill or Gobert test where if you close your eyes, you can see the moment. And I can't believe it took until 8.40 in the morning to someone tweet this in, but Matt, just Matt, tweeted out as bogey's game winner in Houston. Oh, I had that. Two guys jumping at him, and really the yeah. only thing they didn't do defensively was to block or deflect the shot. They were that close to him. If they get any closer, if they jump any higher, then they get a piece of the ball and it doesn't go in. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't mention that on television on Sunday because I had that in my mind. I was doing more of this show right here. I don't know if you mentioned it Sunday uh, or not. Maybe you did. I don't remember. That was a phenomenal shot. Absolutely, yeah. Great. He's, I mean, he's such a great shooter. It's fun to watch him get hot <laughs> like he did last night. Yeah, he did. Because he did not have it going early. And he said afterwards, he said, I got slapped on my wrist on the first play of the third quarter. 
And after that, he started making shots. And then he just started laughing. He goes, maybe that's what I needed. It obviously bugged him because they had the shot of him during the game. He was, you know, massaging it and tugging on the hand and all that. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I started thinking, uh-oh, here we go. Is he going to have to come out of the game? You know, is he going to be out for a couple weeks? You know, how good a sh- shape is that wrist in? And Now, the other thing is that the shots he got in the second half, he also got open shots with his feet set. And the thing about Houston is, you know, he was wasn't open and his feet, you know, his feet weren't really set. You know, he's running the ball, he's pivoting, he's squaring up and letting it go. And he had shots in an Oklahoma City game. He had a couple of them in the second half. Like he was the only guy on that side of the floor. You know, whatever had happened on the other side, I think on one of them, Donovan did something and drew most of the defense, and then the ball got swung to him. Uh, I can't remember what created the second one, but man, he they left him to help and he was wide open. Yeah, I think with Bogdanovich, you're getting the exact value that you expected when you decided to pay him and bring him to your organization. You're paying him a bundle of money to hit open shots, and that's exactly what he does. <laughs> There's really no mystery here. Relentlessly. No? He's, he's delivering, giving them exactly what they paid him to do. Well, that's good because often you have to overpay guys uh, to get them to move. Uh, certainly to move to Utah or other, you know, you know, not glamour markets and all that. But he's making 18, almost 18 million this year. And if you feel like you're getting 18 million dollars value out of him, that's a win. Because honestly, if you felt like he was playing like a 14 or 12 million dollar player and you had to pay him 18, yeah. you're like, yeah, you got to overpay a little bit. But that's how you get him. And I don't think you have to overpay the foreign guys. I'm going to go to my grave on that. Foreign guys, by and large, don't care where they're at. They're already thousands of miles from home. Yes. So it's a different it does, deal. It, it just yeah. does, does, doesn't matter. We've seen two foreign guys who are all-stars. One is a big time, and the other one's pretty close. And Antetokounmpo and, and uh, Gobert, and both of those guys going signing in cold, small market, income tax-paying states, and they both re-upped. Because they want, and and you got uh, Anthony Decumbo saying, "This is my home, this is where I want to." And Gobert has said the same thing many times. The stuff that he said when he signed this new deal, he'd already repeated. He'd been saying that. I mean, I famously remember him saying it when he won his first Defensive Player of the Year award. He said it then. As far as I want to win a title here, this is where it is. This is what I want to do. And he hasn't changed his tune once. So I just don't think that foreign guys have that uh, starry-eyed, big-market approach that maybe these uh, the, the U.S. guys do. The Americans do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just different. Maybe, maybe I'm right, but my theory is wrong. But nevertheless, it ends up being right. Uh, the, the trend is right. Uh, you know, your logic behind the trend, I guess we could debate and argue, but it makes sense to me. You know, once you're, once you're five or seven or 10,000 miles from home, I don't know wherever he came from. I don't even know how many miles it is to Australia. Uh, but when, when we get Joe on, we get through these holidays, he likes to come on end of the week. Thursday's kind of been his day and we're off here back to back Thursdays as the season starts with the holidays. But, uh, you know, we can ask him about this, but I would think, you know, you get that far away from home. Well, what does it matter? And I can see where for, you know, Kawhi Leonard, why do I want to be in Texas or why do I want to be in Toronto uh, when I can be in L.A.? 
And if you grew up in Southern California, you went to college in Southern California, what do you want to be in Toronto before? But for Joe, you know, I guess if he's playing in Australia, he might rather be in Melbourne than in, in Perth or Sydney. I think I'm out of, I'm almost out of Australian cities I can name. Uh, and then it would matter to him if he were that, once he got that close to home. But once you right. get half a world away, well, it doesn't matter if he's in Salt Lake or Denver or Orlando. I mean, he's still however many gazillion miles from Melbourne. So Right. He's not popping home over the weekend. No, no, and, not at all. Uh, so there is no sense. There is no spot in the league that's going to bring him closer to home. That's going to make right. any tangible difference. And the same for Gobert. Uh, the exactly. Salt yeah, Lake to France sure. flight, if anything, uh, you know, if he's going to fly commercial, and I don't know if he does or doesn't. I mean, these guys can, they want to go on a private jet. I guess they just go on a private jet. But if you wanted to go to commercial, I mean, at least, but you're still, you're in the air for hours. It's, it's Gordon hours. Gordon Hayward flies by a private jet. Yeah. How do I know that? Because Robin posts pictures. <laughs> posts on Instagram. That's why you love Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram has always fascinated me. Uh, is why do people think that others care? <laughs> I don't. I can't get into it. I just but people I, make millions I, on people caring. They do. That. Oh, absolutely. The whole influencer thing. Oh, yeah. That is real, and it blows people's minds how much money some people are making. And why are those people making it? How did they? Okay, capture but that's everyone's them attention? making money. I'm yeah. just talking about Mary and Joe down the street. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Uh, people with, I mean, I guess for some extended families that are spread out, it's a way to keep in touch. Uh, even more so in pandemic times, you know, you're not seeing people, so you can and posting share pictures of yourself. What are you doing today? And, and it's just a picture of you. <laughs> really? Do you think people give a you know what about you? <laughs> that you post a picture of yourself? Come on. I mean, if you want to post a picture of your kids and uh, your Christmas shot or what have you, and I know a lot of people have taken to Instagram and made that their electronic Christmas card. Yeah. I, I get that. But just posting a picture of yourself uh, just where you think you just look adorable that day, I, I'm kind of... I don't understand that. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Hold on for a second. I'm going to take my selfie for the day real quick. <laughs> What do I know? Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could explain it to you, PK. You know, I got theories on everything. All I got is it's generational, dude. <laughs> we just don't. <laughs> we just don't. We don't think like a twenty-year-old. Now I've posted a few pictures. I have a little what Instagram are you doing? account. What are you doing in your pictures? Is it the uh, one of like what you're doing from your point of view, and it's just like your toes and then the beach? I'd have to go look. I probably did that, yeah, just to have some fun with it. But it wasn't just oh, a yeah. picture of me. Man, I think I'm having a great hair day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here in the cold, and you're down in California, and there's a picture of the beach. It sucks here, and it's your feet in the sand. Yeah, y'all got it, too. You know what I'm talking about. And I avoided doing that to you guys last week when I happened to be on the beach. So yeah, good. I do that. I have some friends, and I know he's probably listening, that but he said, how come you never post pictures of us together? So I did, just to get him off my back. Oh, really? The four of us. Yeah. I've posted a few pictures of my wife, if you want to see what she looks like. She's a beautiful woman. And I have the picture of me the day after my high school graduation. 
the little what do they call it? The the little photo? the avatar. Yeah. That's I didn't classic. Know if they, I didn't know if they called that the same thing as you know, in Twitter. I guess that's the thing about those accounts is that uh, today those photos may seem silly, but it, it might be cool to go back and see them in 10 or 20 or 30 years and show them to your kids as what mom or dad looked like and what I was doing then. Maybe that would have more value than, you know, someone cross town looking and going, oh, you're having a good hair day and uh, you're making pasta for dinner. Well, good for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just, but that's what folks do. If you want to see my wife as the white shadow, that's on my uh, Instagram account. There it is. All right, where's your Instagram account? Let's get you some followers. It's on Instagram. <sighs> Thanks, PK. There's a post <laughs> I mean, going up right now it? just for PK on my personal Twitter All Instagram right, there. account. So. There it is. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Andy Bailey is here to talk jazz in the NBA. A weird start, some bizarre results. How long is this going to take to kind of get back to what we expect? The, the teams we think are good winning, the teams we think are bad losing, because it's been a little upside down here to start the year. We'll talk with Andy about that next. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. What's your take on the Jazz offseason? I thought it was solid. I think it's a positive sign. There was as much confidence as there is in the Gobert-Mitchell pairing working out between them. I think we saw that coming towards the end of the bubble season, but it's good that was reinforced with the new deal for Rudy. And look, if you're Utah, if you have talent in place, talent that wants to be there, you've got to do everything at your disposal to make sure it stays there. The Clarkson move I thought was significant, too. I mean, he basically is there bench. I mean, he was my pick for the NBA Sixth Man of the Year this year, largely because of the opportunities. He's going to get a chance to be effective in that role. So getting him tied down in a new deal was really important for this group. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are getting a lot of people tweeting at us right now, PK. Sam Merrill's three versus San Diego State, and it isn't close. <laughs> I don't know if they really believe that or if they're doing that just for you. And it's not even close. I love you. got to have that qualifier. Eric Walker tweeted that at us, but he left out the even. He said, it's not close. But he said, it's not even close. He didn't go there. He didn't go with the even. Uh, you got to take it to the next level. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, hit us up. Your uh, play, the, you got a favorite? And you want to expand it beyond Utah? Because the question originally was Utah. But you got another, you got another play this year that actually just absolutely blows your mind? In any sport, anywhere in this country? Sure, if you got anything else. Any of those moments where you close your eyes and you can see it. You can close your eyes and you can see Bogey's shot or Sam Merrill's shot. Uh, that Hopkins catch. For the Hail Mary that, of Arizona. Uh, yeah, that yeah. might have been the best Hail Mary in terms of not having it be a fluke. Out jump uh, everybody, multiple I mean, defenders he was covered. around you. Oh, yeah, yeah they I mean, were right he, there. Yeah, you can't blame the defenders. Hopkins just – and Murray being able to go run across the field and throw across his body uh, was just absolutely sensational. Yeah, running left, throwing right. That's hard to yeah. do, and he did it. Right, and have to go 50-some yards and then and have it be in the vicinity, and Hopkins just going up there and just out-jumping people. I mean, that was just an amazing athletic play on both ends. And I don't know that I can criticize the Bills 
on anything on that. What what did they do wrong? <laughs> yeah. Nothing really. And it wasn't a fluke where it took you know a couple of bounces or whatever it might be. No, it was just a just an incredible athletic play by an incredible athletic receiver. <laughs> so that was just amazing. So that that comes to mind. I. I I feel, in a sense, like we all do, that we were robbed of any Cinderella stories in the NCAA tournament because with so many games and in a one-game basis there... Somebody would have hit a shot and it would have been an upset. It seems Mm -hmm. like we see it every year where we remember something that is so dramatic and we were denied that and that just sucks to the highest level because that that is an institution in American sports that we have that nobody else has. Literally nobody else in the world has that. You know, you can say that they have they they have we have stuff in this country, but they have it in other places too. And and soccer in the other ports of the world. We have soccer here, it may not be to the level, but we still have it. But nobody has the NCAA tournament. And to not have that when we know somebody somewhere somehow would have produced some stunning moment. And that bites that we can't reference that back. You know, the thing about Buffalo losing that game is they are they are twelve and three, and that that hail mary in Arizona is one of the three losses. They don't really have a bad loss where they lost no. to a bad team. And how did that happen? The other losses are ten, Tennessee and Kansas City, and they've beaten plenty, plenty of playoff teams and. I know the Chiefs just seem unbeatable the way things have been going the last two or three years, but if somebody is going to do it, you know why not the Bills? Which would be a weird deal because, and we can get more into this as the NFL playoffs get going. But you know the with no, you know you don't have packed stadiums and you're not going to have a parade and you know with the Dodgers winning and the Lakers winning, well those teams have both won. That city's won before, but you know the Bills, they haven't. They had the four straight Super Bowl losses, and they don't have Major League Baseball, and they don't have the NBA. They do have the the NHL. Um, But it would be such a big deal if they pulled it off. And if they didn't get to play playoff games, well, which they won't, uh, you know, in front of sold-out stadiums with the Bills Mafia going nuts, and they can't have a parade afterwards, it would really feel like they got cheated if they pulled it off this year. Don't feel so bad for the Dodgers and the Lakers. Like, well, you're just going to win again in two or three years anyway. I mean, the Lakers might win this year. They still take it. Oh, yeah, and I get you would want it and all that, but it's not like, you know, you haven't had parades and victories in those cities. And Buffalo would take it, but it would still be kind of a weird deal, you know, that they it finally would to an do extent, it. But the fact is most Buffalo Bills fans aren't going to be at the game and aren't going to be at the parade. Well, that's probably true. I mean, you're going to have, uh, I don't know, 70,000 or whatever that stadium holds. It's one of the bigger ones, I think. But, uh, yeah. yeah, to your point, well, won't there be 100,000 people outside? Well, yeah, there'll be more than 100,000 outside. Right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Andy Bailey is here next. NBA standings look like they're upside down. The Jazz have won two of three. Uh, where are they headed? Well, home to play Phoenix and off to play the Clippers, literally. But in the standings, where are they headed? We'll talk with Andy Bailey next. Stay with us.